if you figure out that you can help people through this process, everything else falls into place. So don't focus on money. Don't focus on profits. Focus on helping others. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I'm pleased and honored to be introducing you to Trevor McGregor. You recognize his name. He's been on the show multiple times. Just search Trevor McGregor, Joe Fairless, and you'll hear his interviews that I did with him. And he has a lot of value during those interviews. Well, he's had a lot of value in my life. For the last five years, I have hired him to be a consultant to help me with my real estate business and just personal stuff too as a life slash business coach. And he's taken my game to a different level. Before I hired him, I had four single family homes. And oh, by the way, I was also single. Fast forward to today, my company controls over $300 million worth of real estate. And I am happily, happily married. Clearly, results are going to vary, but he has helped me in five years do things that I didn't even have on my radar. So I suggest that you speak to Trevor McGregor if you're looking to take your real estate investing business to the next level. If you've had success and are looking to build on that success, then he's your guy. Go to trevormcgregor.com or coachwithtrevor.com. And you'll be able to apply for a conversation with him, coachwithtrevor.com. We used to do a free consultation. We got too many free consultations and he actually is pretty full with his consulting program and he's very conscientious about the value that he adds. He wants to add tremendous value. So he's being very selective with the people who he does work with. So go to coachwithtrevor.com and apply to have a conversation with him. And then you two can decide if it makes sense to work together or not and hire him as a consultant. It has impacted my life in a tremendously positive way. Him and his wife have gone to my wedding. Trevor's been to my conference a couple years. And I know him well. And I suggest that you get to know him as well. Coachwithtrevor.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today, Jeff Wallinius. How you doing, Jeff? I'm good, Joe. I appreciate you having me on. Well, it's my pleasure. Nice to have you on the show a little bit about Jeff. He is the CEO of North Peak Investments, which is an asset-based investment firm. He is a professional firefighter who began flipping homes in 2005, started an investment fund in 2015, and in 2013 began flipping between 10 to 12 houses a year, currently building his rental portfolio with the goal of getting to 160 doors by May and 1,000 doors in four years. Based in Portland, Oregon, with that being said, Jeff, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Well, you did a great job there. So like I said, professional firefighter, I've been in the fire service for 17 years, third generation. So been in the blood, started flipping houses in 2005, had a construction background. So I'd start, do all the work myself in those houses. And yeah, I don't know why, pull out dog hair and carpet and all that stuff. And finally figured out that that was the wrong way to do it and started paying contractors. And that's kind of when we Ramped up in 2012, 2013 to start doing a little bit more volume. From there, flipping's great and enjoy flipping houses. The problem is when you stop flipping houses, you stop making money. Yep. I wanted to build that generational wealth. So I started looking at rental properties and I started researching turnkey and 
that was a new concept for me and started living across the Midwest. It's hard to make anything work here in the West Coast, cash flow wise. So wanted to find other areas that made sense to jump into that buy and hold strategy. So I did a bunch of homework and lo and behold, I came across a gentleman here locally that was funding a lot of these turnkey providers. And he said, Hey, why don't you build an investment fund with me? And well, I'm uh, dumb enough to try anything. So let's give it a shot. So that's where we built that investment fund out of the first investment fund that I put together, put that together. We started funding a lot of these turnkey providers and that opened up a lot of opportunities and, and relationships where I started really seeing the opportunities that were in the Midwest and South. So flying out there, meeting these teams on the ground, meeting these partners from there, it progressed into building those relationships out further, finding a business partner locally that had a lot of strengths that I did not have as far as marketing and some business acumen. So I teamed up with my business partner, Grant, in 2015, and we thought, well, let's create North Peak Investments. And that created North Peak Investments. We started another investment fund, and right now we're working in the Midwest, primarily Midwest and South, and we're flipping houses. We've got some investors on board with our investment fund. Things are going great. I'm building out my rental portfolio, and that's a quick overview, I guess. Yeah, help me understand the process, and in particular, the first one. What did you bring to the table, and what was the fund around? I thought I heard you say funding turnkey providers, if you can clarify that. That's a good question. So the first fund that I put together was Actually, it's named Fire Fund. So I sat with a bunch of my brothers and sisters in the fire department, sat across the coffee table and had a bunch of speeches that I gave them and said, hey, here's what we can do with your money. We're investing in the Midwest and luckily having 17 years, having 15 years in my current department, I had that trust level that we carry in the fire service. So going out and raising money, I wouldn't say it was easy, but they had a trust level and a comfort level with me with my background with flipping. So with my business partner in Lake Oswego that I had formed that relationship with, we started, like I said, funding a lot of these turnkey providers. So we would provide the money to have them buy their properties and fix those properties and get them turnkey ready. And then they would go off and market those to the end buyer. Okay. You would provide debt financing to the turnkey providers. That's correct. And what were the terms that you'd give them? Oh, expensive. Our money was expensive for them. I'm not going to give the full details on that because that was my business partner on Lake Oswego. I'll let him jump into that. But uh, our money was expensive. The reason why these turnkey providers used our money is because it was easy. And there's no monthly payments is on accrued interest, which with these guys and gals that are doing high volume, that's really a big deal. So it made sense for them. It provided a great return for our investors, and the model is still intact today. Okay. So that was your first fund, providing turnkey providers money to then they go operate their business. And that's still in existence. What is your second fund that you have now? The second fund that we put together is jumping in through the SEC guidelines is the 506C, and the 506C allows us to flip properties. So we've got properties that we're flipping in several different regions. So that provides that financing for the purchase and rehab of those funds. I started looking at syndicates and syndicates are great. And there's different ways to run those, as you know, with apartments or, or doing a big build out. What I wanted to do was do something with single family, which kind of changed opportunities for investors to be involved. It spread out risk for us as we're doing multiple projects. 
and the timelines in single family are obviously a lot quicker than doing a, a large play in an apartment reposition or build out. Okay. So you're doing flips across the country. How many markets are you in? Right now we're in three, primarily. Which ones? Indianapolis, Jackson, Mississippi, and Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Okay. How the heck did you pick those three? <laughs> Great question. Basically, partners on the ground that I met with this first fund that I put together and spending time and really vetting out those areas, vetting out those partners is really where it started. And then knowing those areas and knowing the economic factors and driving the factors behind those markets is really where we started. But really, it all comes down to your team on the ground. That's really where everything made and lost, really. So I would say our partnerships has been the driving factor there with those. And going back to the first fund, why did the person who had the money partner with you? Maybe I misheard you, but I thought you said that there was a person who was already doing financing and then they partnered with you to create the fund. But maybe I misunderstood you or didn't hear that right. That's a good question. They were already funding a lot of these turnkey providers, had great relationships, had a long-term track record of investing in real estate. They invested with me or partnered with me. They didn't have a fund. What they would do is bring in large investors on a one-off basis. So I don't know why he took a liking to me. That makes no sense to me. He didn't need me, but I guess I wooed him with my charm and wit. Um, <laughs> that's a pun there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, a bad one at that, but he just gave me the opportunity. I, I guess I bugged him to the point where he said, finally, why don't you build a fund? And I think he probably thought that I wouldn't put that together or be dumb enough to try it. And I definitely am dumb enough to try it. So okay, I guess I fooled him. If I were to ask him that question, what's your best guess that he would say the business reason why he partnered with you? I had a, a background, obviously, in real estate and over 35 flips here locally. I think hard work, motivation. I bugged the heck out of him. I said, hey, let me come right along with you. Let me come sweep your floors or make your coffee. So I think he saw that I was serious about doing what I do and wanting to learn and being teachable. I think really is a factor today that those investors look for and those people that have been there. I mean, I'm in that now that I'm finding those teammates that really are driven and finding those people that you don't have to drag. I don't want to drag anybody along in my company, but if I can find those that every now and then I have to pump the brakes on and they're off there driving and building out their own systems and their teams and they have a vision for where they want to go. I think those are the people you want to partner with. So selfishly, I think that's what he saw in me and I'll take it. Mm -hmm. What was a learning experience? Just anyone learning experience that you got from that building out that fund, the first one? I think I had no idea the opportunities that were in the Midwest and South. And so that was a real eye-opener, driving out there and meeting these partners on the ground and driving through these projects and seeing these projects and seeing the land costs and the taxes. And growing up on the West Coast, I'm a born and raised Oregonian, and it's a whole new world. And I had no idea that that existed out there and that those opportunities existed. So I think that was the big learning piece for me is really opening my eyes to being able to invest outside of my little bubble here in Portland, Oregon, and that this whole kind of, for lack of a better term, whole world was opened up to me investing wise. So I think that would be paramount for me. What were your specific responsibilities with the first fund? 
I was the liaison between my investors that I had brought into that investment fund and the partner here locally that was deploying the capital. So I would maintain all the accounting. I would maintain all the information that was generated through the fund as far as what projects that we were investing in, the details on all that. And I would relay that information to all my investors. And the key was transparency on that. My investors had access into all the files. They had access, looking privileges to the bank accounts. Being in the fire service and having to sit down across the table from these guys and gals that were investing with me and having coffee, I needed to make sure that the, everything that we did was transparent. And so that's really yeah. what my role was. And just so I'm understanding the terms, and you said liaison with the investors on the ground, so firefighter people, and partner locally deploying the capital. So that would be the turnkey property management people? That was the partner here locally that had all the relationships that was deploying the capital to the turnkey providers. So I'm trying to understand. So who's deploying the capital? It sounds like both of them are deploying capital. Both of them are investing, the firefighter friends and the partner locally. Yeah, I've got this thoroughly confused for you. So that my firefighter friends would invest in my investment fund, and then I would work with my partner here locally to determine where to deploy those funds to which turnkey provider. Okay, got it. Firefighter friends invest in a fund, like a blind pool, basically, and then you would consult with your partner locally to then decide where those funds go to which turnkey provider. You got it. I'm with you. Cool. Then the fund you have now, what is your responsibilities? My responsibilities now is more of a ground operations. So I coordinate with our ground partners. So I'm coordinating every day. I mean, I talk to my ground partners every day for multiple hours a day. And we talk about projects that we have currently going and how those are going, where we're at in the process. I also talk with my ground partners to see what upcoming projects we have coming down the pipe and what capital outlays are going to be required for that. And then working with my business partner who is out raising the capital along with myself and just making sure that we coordinate having the funds readily available. And as we bring in more money that we have projects readily available to allocate those funds. So a little bit of everything there, but my main role is dealing with the ground partners and the projects upcoming. How have you learned to evolve your qualification process for a ground partner? I could probably spend half an hour talking on that alone. The major thing for us is having the same moral compass that we grand myself have. That's really important. And I think that is really vetted by determining when things go poorly or not the way that they were supposed to go. How does the ground partner react? So I think anybody's easy to work with when things are going great. So as we work through processes and we work through deals and maybe a project goes the wrong way and it loses money, I mean, it's real estate. So those things do happen. It's really seeing how our ground team reacts to that. And that's really important to us. And we want to make sure that we're aligned with like-minded individuals. And really that core piece of us is having that same moral compass, doing the right things when it's hard. How do you qualify that or determine that before something poorly happens? You can't really other than taking them for their word, especially when you're just starting off. I think that's a difficult piece to just, if you're opening a new market and you're trying to find a ground partner, you really have to take them for their word. But we ask all those questions of what happens when something goes south. Can you share some experience of when that has actually happened for you and what you did? 
we have a very, very important fiduciary responsibility to our investors. So when things go south, we want to know how our ground team operates. So as we move through the process and we start moving through deals with these ground teams, we make sure that we're constantly aligning with them and have that same mindset. But really, it all comes down to when something does go south, how they react, and then we kind of move from there. How do and how don't you want them to react when something goes the opposite of what you expect? Well, our mindset when something goes south is that our investors don't lose money. We need to make sure that our investors' capital is preserved. So when something goes south, we've done it before. We've paid out of our pockets to make sure that we've made right. And if we have ground partners share that same sentiment, then we've got something good there. And that's exactly who we've aligned with now. Is And we've had a couple that have gone south, and that's exactly what's happened is we've all reached into our pocket and made it right for our investors, and we've moved on. And if we had somebody that had backed down to that concept and wouldn't share in that same idea, then that'd be a problem for us. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Really, my focus is not on money. And I think if I could relay any advice, it's don't focus on money. Don't focus on profits. If you really focus on providing a service and helping others achieve what they want to achieve, I don't want to go off on a long spiel on you here, but for example, if you're trying to buy a flip property and a seller is motivated to sell, determine why they need to sell. What do they need out of this? Versus going in and saying, hey, I need to buy it for X amount of dollars. Determine what the seller needs. Maybe they need cash right away, or maybe they need monthly payments, or maybe they just need to get out of their payment. So if you figure out that you can help people through this process, everything else falls into place. So don't focus on money. Don't focus on profits. Focus on helping others, help others achieve their goals, and really everything else falls into place. You mentioned an example with the flip and why they're looking to sell. What do they really need? Are there any other types of questions that you ask? It sounds like you're a couple levels removed from talking directly with sellers on fix and flips, maybe with your investors or something like that so that you're asking the right questions so that you can be in a position to help others get what they're looking for? As far as investors go, is that what you're yeah, asking? Inve- yeah, investors or whoever you're generally working with to accomplish Yeah, all that. across the board. So investors, the same thing applies. What is an investor looking for? Some people are looking to own real estate. And they want to own those rentals and those buy and holds. And really in that scenario, I want to be able to provide transparent advice on not only turnkey, but owning real estate and so that people have realistic expectations when they get into owning real estate. Some investors just want to have a passive return and that's it. Some investors are very well off and they're not necessarily worried about the returns. They just don't need to lose money. So You just kind of have to determine where each investor lies, what their situation is. I always love getting in front of people and having a sit down conversation. Obviously, that's not always possible because investors are all over the place. But really feeling what their scenario is, learning more about them, what drives them, kind of what their situation is. And from there, you come up with a solution and a game plan that works best for them. We're going to do a lightning round. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you want to hire the guy who I hire to help me with my real estate investing business, then go to coachwithtrevor.com. That's coachwithtrevor.com. The Target Market Insights podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets 
through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at TargetMarketInsights.com. That's TargetMarketInsights.com. Best ever book you've read? The Legacy Journey, Dave Ramsey. Best ever deal you've done that wasn't your first, wasn't your last? Man, I've had a lot of good deals. I would say the most unique deal for me is the recent we bought a house and got a free church. Will you elaborate on that just so we understand how that happened? Well, I could run it the other way too. We bought a church and got a free house. The church owned a property and it had a house that was adjacent to it that they were selling as well. So basically the purchase price allowed us to buy one, fix it up and sell. Right now we're doing a remodel on the church. So sell the church and we'll have a free house. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? We invested in a a horse training facility in Oklahoma City that kind of went south. We ended up owning the property, which has been a learning curve for my business partner and I to figure out all the horse terminology and training and the track speak and become horse people. So that's probably been the worst deal, but it's starting to turn around to become a pretty interesting deal. Best ever way you like to give back? I really like giving back my time. I've had a lot of people that have helped me through the years as far as advice and taking me under their wing to learn about real estate. And so I like doing the same thing. I'm more than happy to talk with anybody that's looking to get into real estate, providing transparent advice on pros and cons to every side of this thing and making sure that they know what they're getting into and help in any way that I can in that scenario. And how can the best ever listeners get in touch with you and learn more about your company? Our website is northpeakinvest.com. We're on all the social media, Instagram, Facebook, And my email, jeff at northpeakinvest.com would be great. Well, Jeff, thank you for being on the show and talking about how you got going. And thank you for doing what you do for the last 17 years as a firefighter, first and foremost. And then talking to us about your approach, how you built a relationship with the local person who had the money and if he perhaps were to be asked that question about why he partnered with you, He would say that you had the local experience, you worked hard, you were persistent, motivated, teachable, and saw that you were serious about doing what you say you're going to do. I love the analogy that can be applied to anyone who's building a company. You want to have to pump the brakes on people versus dragging them along. You might have said driving them along, but I said versus dragging them along. So it's an analogy that plays well with any business. And then the evolution of how you've built your partners in the local areas with picking the right partners based on what your mission is and the approach you take. Well, thank you, sir, for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Joe, for having me on. I really appreciate it. The Target Market Insights podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at TargetMarketInsights.com. That's TargetMarketInsights.com.